Hi, my name is Richard Conew and welcome to uh, the first of many TR7, TR8 podcasts. I saw my first TR7 on a stand at a motor show somewhere down in London, I think circa 1976, and made a mental promise to myself that uh, I was going to have one of those as soon as possible. This went on and uh, I actually bought my first TR7 in 1979 and I've owned one or more than one ever since. In fact, even my wedding cake had a white TR7 and a black TR8 on it. I'm an ex-military character and uh, a Yorkshireman to boot, so uh, I do tend to be very direct in the things I say um, and perhaps speak from the heart even. Um, so I guess before I offend everybody, I'll uh, apologise now for what I might say in this and, uh, and future articles. What I'm actually trying to uh, provoke here is a genuine debate on the TR7, TR8, and uh, I hope anybody listening to this will take it as being that way. I'm not, uh, perhaps surprisingly, a complete TR7-8 nut, um, as like many people, I've got other things in my life. A family, uh, wife Alison, two children, Lara and Charlie, my own business even, uh, keeping koi carp and showing and breeding miniature dachshunds. I've always been extremely passionate about the TR7 and the TR8, and, and it's that passion that will add colour to this and uh, future podcast stroke articles in turn stimulating a hope from you guys some genuine discussion back. Okay, so let's kick off with the shape of things to come. The styling of the 7.8 has always been controversial to say the least, um, and you often see in print, this is the car you will either love or hate. Um, if you look at the styling from um, the very first TR, the TR2, and uh, the TR87, um, then it's very apparent to almost anyone that uh, there's a huge difference between the two cars. However, it, it's the very unique style of the 7-8 that uh, I first fell in love with, um, and as which has led to me being so passionate about them ever since. Uh, the day I got my first TR7, 1979, I remember driving her down to the local pub, um, to show her off as you do, um, pleased as punch I was until some idiot suggested the TR7 was shock horror a hairdresser's car. You will appreciate I put the guy straight. Um, but interestingly, when questioned, it was the TR7 shape that had somehow equated in his fairly primitive mind uh, to it being for hairdressers. Personally, I love the car just the way it is, stock original body. But many owners, for reasons not obviously apparent, at least to me, seem hell-bent on changing the car to some other shape of things to come as fast as possible. So having thought about this for a while, I thought, I'll, I'll ask a few people about this. So recently I asked two friends who do both own TR7s with skirts galore, um, why they liked them and had bought them. Um, Chris, a friend for many years said, as you may recall, we were originally looking for a TR6 or a Stag, but followed your suggestion to look at the TR7s and took a hike over to Ramsbottom. When we bought it, we had three to choose from, a fairly scrappy but original 7 with a V8 conversion that used SNS parts, but had been done privately, so I was not exactly sold on it. Another was a pretty tidy standard 7, but it was a tad more expensive. It's actually on the back cover of an old SNS catalogue that I have here. It was a Y-Reg gold drophead with a tan roof, probably one of the last to roll off the line. In hindsight, I probably should have bought that one, but a clincher was that Ilona, Ilona's uh, Chris's wife, liked the colour of the one we bought. I've had mixed feelings over ever since. In some regards, I think the kit enhances the appearance, while in others, it detracts from the original. Uh, Mike, on the other hand, 
um, well, I'll tell you what he had to say. Uh, from Mike, I just never really liked the shape. Um, this does seem to be um, a, a trend I hear more and more. Um, but as it was good value and the body kits were fairly cheap, I changed it to the way I wanted it to look. Fair enough. There are actually loads of body kits around, which suggests many, many of these cars have been modified and perhaps now run the risk of becoming donor cars, much like the VW Beetle um, for exotic kits. I think I remember um, the Nova, which I rather liked years ago, and that was based on a VW Beetle. More common kits for the Seven include uh, the Viper, which is a full skirts kit. Rimmers had a sort of full skirts kit of their own type, kind of sort of making, if you like. Um, then there was the TR40, which was supposed to look a bit like an F40. Um, I guess it does a bit. Um, then there was a GT40 look-alike, um, which actually, out of all the kits, I guess is probably the one I like the best. Um, then there's even a Spider version, um, which looks very much like um, the, the California edition of the Ferrari, soft top. And then the various TR78 specialists. Um, Grinnell went the full hog. Um, and, and Mark Grinnell, I think at one time, um, was quoted having said he nearly never really liked the shape and the look of the car, so he was going to make it better. Um, so in Grinnell's case, it's a full body kit, um, which just radically changes the whole car. SNS, another TR78 specialist, uh, went for a more simple sort of forest spoiler from the Wurtz car's front end and then a rear spoiler from an MG. While other TRs have had these styling mods available over the years, um, in comparison to TR7, very, very few have ever been fitted. Modifications to the engines have been done to almost every TR there ever was, but hardly any body mod modifications. So why does the TR7 stand alone in this field? And you'll notice I say TR7 as I've yet to see a genuine factory TR8 with a heavily modified body. Perhaps it's something to do with perceived value. Cheap and cheerful, do what you want. Expensive and rare, cherish it for what it is. Or perhaps it's an attempt to get past the love it or hate it aura that seems to follow the car. I guess it's a make it look new and up to date and it'll be liked and respected and appreciated by everyone around. Hmm, maybe. Ugly duckling to be changed as fast as possible or a swan to be appreciated for its too brutty. Essentially why I have my own views and ideas I don't really know what the answer is. Um, so this is an open invitation to you guys listening to um, write, email, whatever, phone me even, and let me know what your views are. I'd like then to collate and feed back in a future article what the majority outcome appears to be. Um, so it's up to you guys. Give me some information and I'll be happy to provide it all back to you. TR7, TR8 News. We're going to have a little news spot um, on the end of every podcast and it will be whatever I've heard that, that, that may be of interest to you guys. In this case, I was recently contacted by Donald, who resides in Illinois, USA, to say he now owns TR8, 408, 405, uh, which from the records I hold appears to be the last TR8 finished. No, I said finished and not built. The last TR8 to be built, however, is 408533, and that's owned by Bob Chulis, um, and was given to him by JRT, which is uh, Jaguar Rover Triumph, as a reward for his racing success with the TR8. There has been a rumour, um, I think I originally heard about in an email a number of years ago, 
um, that another TR8 was actually the last and was originally given to uh, Ken Slagle. Um, this email actually and it said I can't remember the guy who sent it to me now it's that long since anyway um, the supposed true story uh, supposedly toned by Kane Slagle ex-factory backed TRA SCCA GT1 racer and a good friend of Bob Chulis is that the last TRA off the assembly line was promised to Chulis and the car he has is actually documented as such um, but Slagle who apparently was present at the factory when the car came off the line convinced the workers um, to give him the actual last car off the line and give Chulis the second to last car but give it the last VIN. Um, whether that's true or not, um, I don't know. I've, I've never actually found anything to support that. However, it's a nice, uh, interesting story, if nothing else. Um, the last TR7, uh, for those uh, interested, is uh, actually 408534, um, and that's a gold drophead that resides at Gaydon. Donald's 408405, however, shows that the uh, 20th of October 1981 uh, was the day that it was released from the production line, Whereas uh, Bob's 408533, the one that's always regarded as being the last TR8 built, um, was actually released from the line on the 12th of October 1981. Obviously, that's uh, eight days earlier. Um, I'm going to do a bit more research on that um, over the next sort of four or five months, and uh, we'll see whether I can actually connect the Sagal one into it. Um, anyway, nice to see quite a few of the last TR8s are still around. Right, over to you guys. Problems, thoughts, questions, information? Um, feel free to drop me a line at richard at tr7-tr8.com. The website has a, a feedback form which you can fill in. Um, my phone number's dotted all around the place. Um, contact me, whatever suits. Thanks for listening, and uh, I hope to have another one of these shortly. <laughs>